Hi, everyone, and welcome to the Sheila Zielinski Show. So glad you could take the time to tune into the program. And boy, what a program it is. I wanted to have this guest back on the show. It's such good timing. Now, right now, as we speak, he has an incredible event going on at his church. Wow, what a treat for us to be able to take some time away from this incredible schedule to have him on. Like I said, it's happening right now in Tampa, Florida. If you live anywhere driving distance from Tampa, Florida, get out to this event called Tsunami at Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church. You want to see a move of God, you go hang out at his church. I'm telling you, God is doing something there. You want to feel the flow of the Holy Ghost? Get out to this. Pack up your car. Get out there. Make it out at least for Thursday, Friday, Saturday, Sunday. It's going on all week. It started on Sunday. I want to talk about so much. I want to talk about his book. I want to talk about something controversial with him. And I also want to ask him about the Alex Jones show. I've been getting a lot of people talking about this appearance of Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. I want to hear about a whole bunch of stuff, including his trip to Africa. So much more. It is my pleasure to welcome him back to the program. He's been a good friend of the show. It is Dr. Rodney Howard Brown. He is the pastor of the river at Tampa Bay. I came across a book a long time ago, years ago, called Flowing in the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you, this book was unbelievable. And I, I think I had his, The Touch of God. It was from like 1992. That was a long time ago. And I knew this was a very anointed man. And he's got a new book out as of actually today, Tuesday, and it is flying off the shelves and it is so good to welcome him to the program. What a blessing, what an honor. Well, where I want to start is I got a lot of emails about your most recent appearance on Alex Jones' show last week in Incredible is one of the themes I'm getting. Now, I'm going to admit, I have not got a chance to watch that. I do have it archived, but I, I want to get your take on, you know, what's it like to be on his show, be around his crew? Because, you know, a lot of times we hear, you know, oh, Jones is a shill, he's this, he's that. You know, I got to give credit to where credit is due. If it wasn't for me watching in 2007 Endgame, you know, who knows if I'd even be doing this myself. So I really have to attribute Alex Jones as really instrumental in lighting a fire under me with some of those early videos. You know, I think he's woken a lot of us up. He's certainly very smart. Um, but then again, a lot of Christians are like, yeah, he's nothing but a NWO shill. He's a Zionist. What, what's your take on that? No, no, he's a total real person, but he's just very passionate and he feels like he's not doing enough. He's so frustrated because he feels like we're in a race against time to wake people up and he's not doing enough. And I said, Alex, it's not even true. Then he kept saying, you know, I'm not perfect. I said, Alex, stop saying that. I don't know one person perfect except Jesus. When I talked about eternity and souls and that, he started weeping. I mean, wow. and then in the, in the second 50 minute, I talked about my daughter dying in my arms and he just, oh. he just wept. He had me tell us story about an 83-year-old lady who gave her life to the Lord and then died. He had me tell it again. It was awesome. He, he, I promise you, he's, he's, he, look, he's probably a Baptist and has been turned off by the religious Baptist church, but he does love the Lord. He loves the Lord. He loves Jesus. He's a very, very intelligent individual. And I was, and I promise you, all his staff were the highest quality. I mean, people were it was phenomenal. It was it was phenomenal just being wow. uh, around them and um, people that have been with him for since t 10, 15 years, 18 years, you know, I mean, since he started. No, it was it was epic. And you'll see it when you watch it, when you get to watch it. But it was just phenomenal. 
Wow. Well, we'll really be praying for Alex Jones and his crew because they are under a lot of attack. You know, he's been doing this for what, almost 25 years. You know, sometimes he, you know, he does a few rants on the air that I kind of just, I roll my eyes a bit at times. But, you know, in all fairness, you know, it's good to hear. And uh, we'll be lifting him up in prayer because, boy, I mean, we've got our hands full fighting this, this swamp, the deep state swamp, which you talk about so eloquently in this incredible book that we're going to get into in a little bit. I got to tell you, I came up with a democratic dictionary and no one goes after these devils harder on Twitter than I think just you and I, Rodney. (laughs) If you're not following Rodney on Twitter, you should because I'm going to get you to talk about this hilarious tweet. I think I read a tweet you did too. Um, Maybe it was, yeah, Nancy Pelosi and Chuck Schumer. We got to get into that because that was funny. But check this out. Okay, Democratic Dictionary. This is what I came up with. Illegal immigrants are dreamers. Trump supporters are deplorables. MS-13 killers, they're human beings. Babies in the womb, not human beings. Hamas terrorists, protesters. Child rapists, paraphilic disorder, law-abiding NRA members, terrorists. Welcome to the Democratic Dictionary. What do you think, Rodney? (laughs) I think it pretty much sums it up. (laughs) I'll be adding more to the Democratic Dictionary. But, but, well, let's get into what's going on over in the Middle East. We, We see just today, you know, breaking news. Israel military strikes Hamas's underground naval targets in Gaza. Just announced it's the first country to fly the F-35 into combat. You know, and on and on about Palestine submits ICC referral to open probe into the Israel crimes. You've got the U.S. ambassador to Israel. You know, they just launched the world's first airstrike using F-35 stealth fighters. You know, just yesterday, there's an article, thousands chant death to Israel. In Morocco, they protest the U.S. embassy move. Every other headline has got an issue with the U.S. moving its Israel embassy to Jerusalem. And it's just on and on to the point of ad nauseum. It's just a total mess over there right now. What's your take on all that? Well, first of all, the whole onslaught at the border was actual suicide bombers that were paid to go do that, to create an international scene. And it's just typical of what's happening. But the president delivered on his promise to move the embassy to Jerusalem. And he did it. That's between Israel and between the United States. It's an American embassy. They can put it wherever they want to. So people just need to get over themselves. And as you said, every president, I mean, you can see Clinton saying it. You can see Bush saying it. You can see Obama saying it. So they all said that, you know, Jerusalem is the capital. And that's where the embassy needs to be. So get over it. The media just, they're always going to push the bias. So there's a narrative that they're going to spin. And of course, it's all anti-Israel. So it doesn't matter what Israel do, they're going to be, they're going to come under fire. And of course, you know, you've got, you've got the whole Syrian conflict, which Syria is right there, which um, you've got Iran coming in there. So there's all that kind of stuff. And you don't know how much influence Iran's having on Hezbollah and how much money they're getting to them to create the problems between them and Israel, because then it's not a direct attack on Iran per se, but it is, it is Iran being involved in the set, in the setting. Um, of course, we all know that Syria is about a pipeline, and uh, all of the problems in 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 the Middle East are all is all really about oil. It's not about what people think it is. Yeah, that's right. Well, and speaking of all hell breaking loose, there's a lot going on in your home country of of South Africa. Talk about this incredible trip that you just came back from. 
Well, we went to uh, Cape Town to go and really pray, obviously preach the gospel and break a drought. And uh, so I didn't actually have a venue, but within 25 days, we were able to pull off this meeting on a cricket ground in the shadow of Table Mountain. And uh, we had about 48,000 people come through over the 12 nights, about 5,500 people gave the last to the Lord. I also bought 125,000 bottles of water to give water away every night on the field. The night before the meeting started, it rained. And it rained so hard it flooded. Actually, in fact, nine people drowned, which that's not good, but the water came. And then it rained once during the meeting. I had to wear a poncho and stand in the rain. And then it's rained afterwards. And now, according to the reports we get, because they were supposed to run out of water by April, that the date was moved till indefinitely or sometime next year. Of course, the meetings were televised across Africa and across the UK, and um, many, many people were touched through it. And then I went back over the Easter weekend to go and help the Sulu bishop who passes the great church. He actually has um, over 100 churches now. Wow. But we, it was his Easter conference in the in the big stadium in Durban. And, of course, uh, the, the king of um, Zululand was there. Former President Zuma was there. It, it was a many, many dignitaries came. And so we got to minister to them and, and talk to them. And But uh, here's the thing with South Africa. There's, there's a huge, as you know, there's a new president in right now. Of course, they talk about land appropriation. It's not just taking land from the whites. It's taking land from the black farmers and the Indian farmers, really any farmer. So that's the land appropriation. So we we actually standing on the brink of a of a civil war. This massive movement of military vehicles now coming in through Namibia, which uh, everybody says is Botswana's new, uh, what Botswana's ordered. But we don't, you don't really know what's what's taking place. I know that people are arming themselves and getting ready because it is uh, on a daily basis now. Armored vehicles have held up in the streets, massive shootings. They're ripping off, you know, stealing the cash. It's a dangerous place. And then, of course, what's happening with the killing of the farmers, which is an old communist plan, all along, because if you kill the farmers, then what happens is you destroy the food supply. Yeah. So uh, they've done that all along. You know, look at Zimbabwe. So anyway, we're just uh, obviously praying, believing God. It's time for the church to rise as never before. And what a great hour to, to actually preach the gospel. People are hurting people, and, and there's a huge need. We all know the agenda behind it. But again, two people have sold themselves out to the highest bidder and basically sold their soul because of the love of money, you know, which yeah. the Bible says is the root of all evil. That's the problem that, you, that you're dealing with. Yeah, boy, they need a lot of prayer. And speaking of the love of money, boy, you want to talk about some crooked banksters. You deal with this very subject. Incredible book, by the way, The Killing of Uncle Sam, subtitled The Demise of the United States of America. been reading the reviews. You co-wrote it with Paul L. Williams. Amazing book. It's getting amazing reviews. Well, let me tell you about the book. This, we're talking about the killing of Uncle Sam, the demise of the United States, which will come out on Tuesday, May the 22nd. So it'll be available on Kindle. Uh, the audio book will be available within a week from then, and it's available through all the bookstores, anywhere where books are sold. So if people are listening, they can just go to their bookstore and request it or go on Amazon or go to Barnes & Noble. I don't know if you have that up where you are. Oh, yeah, for but, sure. Uh, 
But even the Canadian bookstores, just to just say, we'd like to get a copy of The Killing of Uncle Sam, and that would be great to help us get this book out. Back in 2014, when I went to Washington, D.C., I we rented Constitution Hall for 15 nights, and I stood there and exposed all of, basically, I would say, 50% of what's in the book I exposed publicly in 2014. And so... Sitting on the front row, unbeknownst to me, was Dr. Paul Williams. Well, after the service, someone brought him back to meet me and said, you're going to meet him as an author and he's former FBI and he is, was an investigator. He's the one that found all the ISIS bases that basically were set up by the CIA across the United States where they would train people and then ship them to the foreign fields wherever they needed to create conflict. So um, he looked at me, uh, he's in his 70s, he looked at me and said, man, I never heard a preacher like before. He said, he said, first of all, I thought America, I think America's done. I said, no, sir, God's going to give us a last minute reprieve. So he looked at me and said, I really need to work with you and we need to put this thing. He said, I'm a scribe, so we'll work together and put this thing down what you have in your spirit on paper. So I said, well, it needs to start with Africa. Everything started with Africa, Cecil John Rhodes. And um, so he said, oh, I d he didn't know. He didn't know that. So I said, oh, yes, the Rhodes Scholarship and all of that. And how they secured the diamond fields for De Beers and the, and the gold field for Anglo-Americans. So that's what started off. So we sat and we, we collaborated, worked on it from 2014, 15, 16, and 17 on putting this book together, 474 pages, over 1,000 footnotes, 15 pages, just in the bibliography alone of the books that we used in the research for the book. Yeah. Uh, to, to verify, some people can say, well, it's a conspiracy theory. Well, in actual fact, a conspiracy is a secret plot to do. A theory is if you think there's one, but a, a conspiracy exists. And so once you document it, it's not even, it's not even a theory anymore. It's fact. It's a fact. So that's what we that's what we're working on. Actually, fact, the book could have come out in January. We felt to hold it till till now, till this next week, which I really felt was the timing of the Lord to get this out across America, especially with in the light of all of what's taking place, you know, across America and uh, what's you know what's going on. So this captures you know over two hundred years of, of history and uh, basically what went wrong in America. Why are we in the condition we're in today? Why? Is everything in the government, it, it doesn't matter who's in power, this thing just keeps going awry. And so, um, I, you know, I'm excited to get the information out. I really felt like it's a, I actually feel that the book's written now, it's a load off my shoulder in the sense that, um, <laughs> you know, I, I put the information out. It's there for anybody. It's not just a book you could sit up and read in an hour. It's a 13-hour read. And I know that because uh, that's how much information is in there. And you, you actually have to think about it. Did you get, how far did you get in it when you, when you went through it? Oh, I've only got about three chapters left. I'm getting down to the wire. I was really surprised that you got into Freemasonry in this. And I was really glad you touched on that and the occult in this book. Because a lot of Christians, Rodney, they don't understand how Freemasonry and the occult has taken over everything. Does it surprise you that there's so little knowledge about this in the mainstream church? No, because the fact is many preachers are part of the Masonic movement. So that's Thank why God. it's all, that's the problem that we're dealing with in many situations. So no, I'm not surprised. Uh, on on the one hand, in the book, we show how they took over the seminaries through Fosdick. And, and that was funded by the by the Rockefellers. And that actually became the funding for Princeton, Yale, and Harvard, their school of divinity. And how they neutralized the church by questioning the virgin birth, the cross, the blood, and the resurrection. So when, what I 
I would do is is to, if I heard a preacher that wouldn't preach on the virgin birth, the cross, the blood, the resurrection, sin, you know, and the price that was paid, then I would realize that he'd been neutralized, you know. So they took over education, they standardized education, dumbed everybody down, basically corrupted the universities. And then uh, we could go on and on. But I mean, Kevin Shipp, former CIA officer, anti-terrorism expert, he said this book is without question the most accurate description of the deep state shadow government I've ever read. So they took over the media through Operation Mockingbird. They took over, I mean, there's actually not one area that hasn't been taken over. And so, you know, but we could have gone down many different directions, but we felt just stay with the money. So the real whole thing is about the private central banks that actually run the nations of the world. The politicians are just puppets of the systems. Republican and Democrat actually work for the same people. So it's two heads of the same snake. That's why they were so against President Trump. Now, for the Christians listening to me talk right now, you think, well, Trump, they don't like him anyway. But the fact is, Trump, we didn't vote for him because he was a Sunday school teacher. We voted because he was he was outside the system. He had his own money and defeated the cabal. He came up against $2 billion worth of advertising. All the media, the Pope, former presidents, the former presidents of Mexico, the Hollywood elite, and the world's financial elite in Davos, Switzerland. They all came against him. And he beat everyone, plus all the other people running. There was, I think, 16 or 17 of them. He knocked them all in the head. So I just see that the Lord gave America a last minute reprieve by putting the president in. And let me say this to the to the listener. The book is not it's not partisan. The book is actually not a pro-Trump book. The book is not actually Democratic Republican. The book is really all about the money. It's all about the money. It is all about the money. And that's where Donald Trump is a really big threat to these New World Order swamp rat deep state minions, really, because, you know, the guys defied odds. He didn't need any money from the cabal. So it's kind of amazing to me how you see Trump. He's kind of like a, a divine single wrecking ball to the these New World Order minions. All of Obama's anti-American, anti-freedom, anti-West legacy is being absolutely obliterated by Trump. No, there's no doubt about it. And obviously, he's walking a fine line. But I also realized something that the, the military is actually protecting the president, which I'm actually happy about that. Yes. On the one side, I'm concerned on the other side because of Bolton, who's a war hawk, and, and just some of the other people that come in around that could try to get us into situations we shouldn't be in. So that's the area that we have to pray about right now. But um, when we flew, we had to go to West Palm Beach about two Sundays ago, Sunday night, and we flew in, we landed, we pulled up to the FBO, and right in front of our plane, where we were, where the plane was parked, right in front I got out and I was walking on the tarmac and I looked and there's this huge transporter, military transporter with the nose cone up and all of Trump's Air Force One had just left. And of course, we were told because they locked down the 30 mile radius around Mar-a-Lago, we couldn't fly. And they said we might have to fly down to um, Fort Lauderdale. But uh, that we, we got the time when we knew when the president was, had already left and then the airport opened and we were able to come in and land. And uh, so, you know, so we pull up. It's almost like we, we were parked and then 100 yards from us is this huge transporter with all the Secret Service getting on, all the military, all, all of his vehicles, the big uh, limousine that he rides, several of those. So when I saw that, then I realized that the military are really, they're looking after him, which is a good thing. 
which is a good thing. So I would be very concerned if the FBI was looking after him. I would be very concerned if the CIA was looking <laughs> after him. But because of the U.S. military, and that's why if you if you hear the presence, everything strong, you know, our military, our men in uniform and the Marines and all of that kind of stuff. So I think that he surrounded himself with some people that are actually protecting the office of the president. Do I trust everybody? No, I don't trust them as far as I can spit, which I'm I'm not a Texan and I can't spit that far, but I don't trust them. Um, you know, this this thing with deep state and whatever, so it's so embedded into every area of American society that you actually don't even know who to trust. You know, boys say, well, they need to surround themselves with good people. OK, you get on a plane. You fly to Washington, D.C., and you try to find some yeah. good people. The whole thing is a swamp. It is a swamp from all the attorneys, the law firms, the CPAs, the lobby companies, and all the handlers. It is It is a zoo. It is, it is a total zoo. Yeah, I mean, in this zoo, how do you get any work done? You're, you're too busy listening to, well, I love your tweet against Chuck Schumer. We're going to have to talk about that. Chuck Schumer responded on Twitter to the president saying, when all of our great, great grandparents came to America, they weren't animals and these people aren't either. Really? Because if they did half the stuff to your daughter, Chuck Schumer, or your granddaughter or your wife, guess what, sir? You'd think they were animals. I I mean, this is ridiculous what they're saying. Oh, yeah, Trump, how dare you talk about these immigrants? Well, they weren't immigrants, number one. They were illegals, number two. Bingo. And they were MS-13 gang members, number three. And, I mean, Nancy Pelosi, Chuck Schumer are going to come with their lines. I mean, that's just the way they are. They don't even know how to tell the truth. Uh, they're just going to come out, and it's, it's going to be a lie. And I was laughing because I saw that Bernie Sanders' uh, son castigated the Democratic Party and offered praise for Trump. I thought that was <laughs> hilarious. So... No, I mean, the bottom line is that um, I'm trying to find this tweet. I actually responded to Chuck Schumer. Let me see where this oh, is here. Because right. I, saw, I saw that actual tweet. And I, got, I, I got so mad that I tweeted Chuck Schumer. Like, yeah, John McCain. Americans observe a better Washington. I went, at Senator John McCain. That's what they've had. It's you for decades. And now, thankfully, we have a real Donald Trump. So do me a favor. Get over it. Besides this, your day is now done. I mean, <laughs> I, it, it's... It's beyond imagination the, the way that these people just carry on and they just pump this narrative, you know. Well, yeah, they pump the narrative. These puppet politicians pump the narrative. Hollywood pumps the narrative. They all are part of this propaganda churning machine. How do people not see this, Rodney? Is there some kind of mind blinding spirit upon people or what's the story here with this? I think what the story is that people don't understand that they think that the world is actually a very good place and there's a couple of bad people living on the planet. And that's not the truth. No. The world is actually a very, very wick extremely wicked place. And the only people that are good or that, that are the ones that Jesus has touched their life in the sense of. And even then when they came to him and said they called Jesus good, he said, there's no one good but my father. So I think people don't understand. They actually think that the world's a great place and there are a couple of evil people. They don't understand the world is run by the Luciferian structure of the globe, which is something that we try to unveil in the killing of Uncle Sam. Uh, here's the tweet uh, when Senate, Senator Chuck Schumer tweeted that and said, uh, when all of our great, great grandparents came to America, they weren't animals. These uh, And these people aren't either. I said, they came here legally, not illegally, you globalist puppet. <laughs> <laughs> 
<laughs> oh, so, Rodney, you politically correct pastor, you. <laughs> no, there's no time to mess around you. I mean, it's ridiculous. Well, that's what I love about your tweets. I mean, you just hammer back at these guys. You know, I do that, and a lot of times it gets me in trouble. But, I mean, you were the one back in 2017, last November. They covered this on Fox News. Your church, the River at Tampa Bay Church. I, I love this headline. A church in Florida said it's armed and ready to deal with anyone who may try to bring harm. I mean, you did that in the wake of that Texas church massacre. Of course, just last week, we again see this killing of these 10 people at the Santa Fe High School in Texas. And what happens? Oh, there's another gun-grabbing firestorm on the liberal fake news and with Hollywood. I mean, it just never ends on the gun grab. Yeah, totally. And now the, uh, I just tweeted this. And now for the lamestream media and the liberal politicians crying for more gun-free zones. And I said, this is political BS. And the plan for the disarmament of America and doing away with the Second Amendment continues. So look, Elijah mocked the prophets of Baal. Yeah. And so, you know, people say, well, you shouldn't do that. But the fact that the man, if we don't stand up and say, hey, excuse me, excuse me, who do you think? Well, you think we're some idiots here that you just think that you could come roll over us and we must just sit down and not say a word? If you think so, you, you're smoking some of the bad weed. We, we are going to be vocal. We're going to speak out. And that's the way it's going to be. So keep talking. Keep speaking out. And why would we be nice and roll over to the devil and his demons anyway? Well, Jesus wasn't. Jesus was kind to sinners, but to, to that whole power structure. He called them, you, you generation of vipers. He said, you are your father, the devil. Yeah. He said, you blind guides. You straighten a net and swallow a camel. He said, you move across land and sea to make convert. And when you do, you make them twice the devil of hell that you are. I mean... He called them dogs. So, I mean, you can't you can get any strong, stronger than that. I'm just following in his footsteps. <laughs> yeah. Well, I'll tell you what, if Jesus had preached the same message that ministers preach today, Rodney, I don't think he ever would have been crucified. Well, exactly. But, I mean, you think about his message from Luke chapter 4, when he got up and he said, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me. Luke 4, 18, the Spirit of the Lord is upon me because he hath anointed me to preach the gospel of the poor. He sent me to heal the brokenhearted, to preach deliverance to the captives, recovery of sight to the blind, to set at liberty them that are bruised, to preach acceptable year of the Lord. The Bible says he closed the book and gave it again to the attendant and sat down. And this was from the book of Isaiah, or Isaiah, as you would call it. And the Bible says the eyes of all them that were in the synagogue were fastened on him. And so at that point, the message was acceptable. But when it changed was when Jesus said, today is this scripture fulfilled in your ears. Then all hell broke loose. Then all hell broke loose. Is this not Joseph's son, his mother Mary? We know who he is. How dare you? And they were filled with wrath. They grabbed him and they carried him to the brow of a hill to throw him over a cliff. And he turned around and walked away, walked through the crowd. So that's a very short message. Had Jesus never said today the scripture is fulfilled in your ears, they would have all been clapping. Great message. Yeah. But the moment he said today, if he said 2,000 years ago, there was this one who lived, they would have said, amen. If he said 1,000 years from now or 2,000, the Messiah will come, they would have said, amen. But the moment he said today, it was over.
what religion tries to do is neutralize the power of the gospel and always put it in the past or in the uh, in the past of what happened with Jesus and then somehow in the future one day some way somehow and we just yeah God is sitting except everything that comes our way we can't make any changes it's kind of kesarah sarah whatever will be will be the future is not mine to see and uh, it's the will of God. Whatever happens, it must be the will of God. Because they think, they say, well, God's in control. And he's actually not in that sense. He's actually in control through the saints that pray and do his will. Amen. Otherwise, he's not in control. God's not in control of what happened in Texas with the, with the, with the killing today. That's people under the, under the control of demon spirits that went in there and just shot people down. Well, yeah, because people always say God is in control. God allowed these kids to be. No, God gave us the power and authority over the enemy. Why are we asking God? He already gave us the authority to deal with a lot of this stuff. The scripture says, ye shall say to the mountain. God didn't say he would say to the mountain. The devil steals kills, destroys. Why are we asking God what he already gave us the rod of authority to do? Exactly. And he's actually waiting for us. Jesus even said, when I come back, will I find faith on the earth? And so is he coming back for a weak church, a defeated church, a church hiding somewhere in the shadows, waiting to be rescued? Or is it coming back for a victorious church, a church that's bold? And then go down through centuries and look at history and see men that fought against every kind of tyranny. I mean, from Wilberforce, you know, David Livingston, stopping slavery, going through Africa, walking on foot, mauled by a lion. His wife dies at 41. He dies at 60. Uh, in his early 60s, you know, the, the, the people down through the years have paid a price for the gospel. And there's a price to pay. There's a price to pay to carry it. Our brothers and sisters in the Middle East, some of them are dying. In China are dying. In India, they're being burned. Price and here we sit in North America, want to play little religious games on Sunday morning. Little one-hour dry cleaning service, in by 10, out by 11, three hymns, three hers, take up the offertory, preach from the Encyclopedia Botanica and the Reader's Digest, and then pronounce the last rites, and everybody goes home just as dead as what they came. Well, listen, I get a lot of people say, you know what? Where is God? I want to see God move. When is God going to move? Listen, God is moving. I just said said it in the beginning of the show. You want to see God move? Show up at Rodney's church. God is working. God is advancing his kingdom. Don't kid yourself, folks. And if you're in one of these dry bones church, then get out. Listen, he is, and he's moving in the earth today in, in an unprecedented way. There's amazing things that are happening, but you're not going to see it on mainstream media. And you actually won't see it in a lot of the Christian periodicals. They're not going to write about it. I mean, it's Christianity Today. They are going to write about everything that God's doing. It's always apologetics or some, you know, argument over some issue in the church. Charisma is not going to write about it. No. They, only, they only know about their little sphere, which is very small. And, and, and But God's moving in an unprecedented way. Unprecedented way. This is the greatest hour to be alive. There's many, there's much darkness, but the Bible says where sin abounds, grace doth much more abound. And so we actually should just be really excited that the Lord chose every person to be living in 2018, that we are here because we are his hands, his mouthpiece, his, his feet, and he will go with us. When we go, he will go. And uh, we are to carry the great commission and to go into all the world, preach the gospel, Lay hands on the sick, cast out devils, do exactly what Jesus said do. 
Yeah, amen to that. And and you know, wouldn't it be amazing? Because I know we've been really praying for revival to break out in some of these incredibly oppressive countries. Look at what's happening with Donald Trump right now with North Korea. Wouldn't it be incredible to see revival break out and for them to get saved over there in one of the very most oppressive places in the world? Phenomenal. Just between you and me and whoever else is listening, I'm supposed to be going there this year. Into North Korea, I received a call. So it looks wow. like I'm going to be making a trip there. I'm not sure when. And uh, But, you know, it's open up. I, I, I have people in there right now. So um, let's right. see what the Lord does. Well, you, I'm going to tell you something. I was so impressed when you, I'm going to play this at the end of the show, both the ad for what's going on this week, and I'm going to play this restraining order you issued before Trump got in. You issued this in Washington. It was so powerful. And yet, you know, nobody gets hammered more. In fact, when you were, you know, the last couple times you're on the show, oh, I can't believe you had, you know, Mr. Laughing, Holy Ghost, Drunken, Mr. Kundalini, on and on it went. I was just relegated to the depths of the dam. How do you deal with some of these complete jackals? First of all, let me say this. I didn't even know what that meant. You know, the, the, you mentioned Kundalini. I had no clue what that was. So when I actually had to do some research to see what they were accusing, it's actually something to do with Hinduism. And it's actually involving um, sexual perversion. And so then I realized that the people who knew what it was must actually have been involved in it. Everybody that accuses me of that, then I know what they've been involved in. Because I have no clue. I was raised in church. I gave my life to the Lord at the age of five, baptized in the Holy Spirit when I was eight years of age, so I don't know anything of what they're talking about. Let me tell you what that is. That's a full-blown attack on the Holy Spirit. And I'm telling you right now, they're blaspheming the Holy Ghost. Jesus said, whatever said against me will be forgiven. What is ever said against my Father will be forgiven. But whatever is said against the Holy Spirit will never be forgiven, not in this world or the world to come. And blasphemy against the Holy Spirit is when you attribute the work of the Holy Spirit to the work of a demon spirit. Blasphemy is not when a witch is working and calls it the Holy Spirit. That's not blasphemy. That's not blasphemy. That's just a lie. But blasphemy is when the Holy Ghost is working and they say, that is a demon. That is blasphemy against the Holy Ghost. And I feel very sorry for some people because when they cross over into eternity, they're going to realize that they've crossed so many lines. They have crossed so many lines. You know, if people don't know what it is, rather say, God, teach me. Holy Spirit, teach me. Listen, I didn't ask God for this. I just went about preaching the gospel. But you go back and study the Great Awakening of the 1700s. What happened? When Jonathan Edwards and Peter Cartwright and Whitfield preached, the power of God would come and they would all be under the under the anointing. And then they would be mowed to the ground. Even the great Cane Ridge revival in the 1800s, 25,000 people gathered at Cane Ridge when Lexington only had a population of 1,800 at that time, 25,000, that's huge. And the power of God would cut them down like cornwood, and they were under the anointing. And then you look at the second great awakening under Finney. As Finney was preaching uh, one day, up in, I think it was up in Rome, New York, one of, one of the places. And as he was preaching uh, in a factory, about 500 workers, he said a flashing light appeared above their heads. And he said, they begin to wail. They begin to wail. And he said, I shouted, you're not in hell yet. And then he said, Finney said, I was overcome with extreme abundant joy. And he said, I took my pocket handkerchief out and stuffed it in my mouth. And I bent down because there was a fireplace. Obviously, there was no fire in it. And I tried to hide myself so they would not see that I was overcome with indescribable, inexpressible free joy. That's the great Charles Finney. So people don't know history. So they 
what they want to do is neutralize the power of God. That's why you've got all these people that just say there's no such thing as anybody having an encounter with God today. They say that it's extra biblical. They say you've got to just have scripture so late. Everything's just scripture. Well, I'm sorry. Apostle Paul said, I did not come to you with just words of man's wisdom only, but I came to you in the demonstration of the spirit and the power. 1 Corinthians chapter 2, in the Amplified, it says, my speech and my preaching was not with enticing words of man's wisdom, but was within demonstration, spirit and power. And then it says, a proof by the Holy Spirit and power of God operating on me and stirring in the minds of my hearers, the most holy emotions and thus persuading them. So the power of the gospel, if we don't have the power of the Holy Spirit to come into a meeting, where just like when Jesus ministered, just like when the apostles ministered, if all that passed away, then the church has been neutered. The church is devoid of power because they think just by standing up and preaching a nice sermon that's going to transform people's lives. Only messages preached under the anointing by the fire of the Holy Ghost. The reason that Jesus is actually not only our Savior, not only our healer, not only our provider, not only our deliverer, but also the baptized in the Holy Ghost announced by John the Baptist who said, I baptize you with water, Luke chapter 3 and verse 16. But there's coming one after me whose shoe latched I'm not even worthy to unloose. And he will baptize you with the Holy Ghost and of fire. Acts chapter 1, Jesus told the disciples in verse 4, he said, it's time to go tarry at Jerusalem. He said, John baptized with water, but you shall be baptized with the Holy Ghost not many days hence, and you shall receive power. Verse 8, after that the Holy Ghost come upon you, and you be witnesses unto me in Jerusalem, Judea, Samaria, to the uttermost parts of the earth. And then what happened? Acts 2, verse 1. And when the day of Pentecost had fully come, they were all with one accord one place, and suddenly there came a sound from heaven, like a rushing mighty wind, filled all the house where they were sitting, and they appeared unto them cloven tongues like as a fire, and they were all baptized, and the Holy Ghost began to speak with other tongues as the Spirit gave them utterance. And then there were devout men that uh, heard them speak in all of the languages of the people that were in Jerusalem. And he said, aren't these... Galileans, and how hear we every man speak in our tongue when we were born, Parthians and Medes and Elamites and dwellers in Mesopotamia, Cappadocia, Persia, Pamphylia, and, and they named all the countries, and they heard the language because God did it as a sign, as a sign, you know, but there were two things that happened when people were filled with the Holy Ghost. They were filled with power, and then they got a heavenly language. Now, the nine gifts of the Spirit, those are as the Holy Spirit wills, but your prayer language is as you will. God gives it so you can pray. Jude 20, but ye beloved, building up yourselves, praying in the Holy Ghost. In the book of Isaiah, for with stammering lips in another tongue will he speak to his people. This is the rest wherewith ye may cause the weary to rest, and this is the refreshing. Jesus said in John 7, out of your belly shall flow rivers of living water. He was talking about the Holy Spirit. Jesus is the baptized in the Holy Spirit. So anyone who attacks the Holy Spirit and his movement, and he's working are antichrist. They are attacking the very ministry of the Lord Jesus Christ himself because yes, he wants to save everybody. But the first step is salvation. The next step is to baptize them so that the Holy Spirit can come on the inside of them and that God can use them just like men and women today are demon possessed, go into places, shoot up people, kill, murder, plunder, steal, destroy so the Holy Spirit wants to come on men and women and fill them with his power. 
so they can go into places and bring about a total transformation. And that's the whole attack. That's why people call it strange fire. But let me explain strange fire to you. So when I hear theologians talk about all the strange fire nonsense, I realize they're actually not Bible scholars. I realize that they actually don't even know what they're talking about. Because strange fire, I'll give you the definition of strange fire. Strange fire is when you pretend to have the Holy Spirit and you pretend to have the anointing and you don't. That's what strange fire is. Strange fire is when you go through the motions as though you are someone that is anointed, but there is nothing there. And go see what happened to Eli and his sons. His sons were playing, were, were, were operating a strange fire, and they, and they were killed. And Eli, because he was blind, a blind prophet, a deaf prophet, a blind prophet, overweight, sitting there. God spoke to Samuel. And the word of the Lord, the Bible says, was scarce, you know, in that hour. It was rare in that moment because the prophet that used to hear couldn't hear anymore and couldn't see. He's a blind prophet. And so God had to come to a boy called Samuel and call him and raise him up so that there would be a fresh word. And, and you could see the hardness even of Eli's heart that when Samuel came to me, came to him and told him, your sons are dead and this day, this is what's going to happen. Eli was so arrogant. He said, so it be even as the word of the Lord has spoken and fell over dead. He was fat. He was obese and just fell over dead. So the Bible talks about the prophets uh, in the book of Isaiah that they being, they they blind, they like dumb dogs, they lie. And I use this example, a dumb dog doesn't bark when an intruder comes. A dumb dog sleeps through the intruder, sleeps through everything that happens. And, and that's why they want you to shut up because they think you're a dumb dog. Yeah. That's why, Sheila, you need to keep shouting out loud. So they try to shut me up. They're not going to shut me up. I'm going to make a noise because a watchman on the wall sees the sword coming stands up and warns the people, and if he warns the people, the blood will be on the people's heads, not on his head. If he doesn't warn the people, the blood will be on his head. That's what a watchman on the wall is. But these dumb dogs lying down, they're greedy, they want more, they just eat, more is not enough, they've got to have more. That's what, uh, that's what Isaiah says. And, and so, basically, I, I, I said this publicly, these dumb dogs, all they can do is get up every now and then and go and pee against a tree, <laughs> and then go back and lie down and go back to sleep. But God has not called us to that. We, we are called. The prophet Elijah took the thing head on. And you know, someone said, well, Jesus didn't. I said, what are, you, what are you talking about, Jesus? Obviously, you don't know him. You don't know Jesus. So let me explain to you about Jesus. Jesus actually went into the synagogue, took the banking system of the day. He made whips. He beat every one of them and turned the tables over. And that was in the morning that he had just cursed the fig tree because someone said, how's Jesus doing today? Well, he's had a rough day. I'll tell you, he just cursed the fig tree and then he beat all the bankers, turned over the table. <laughs> so just better get out of his way. Yet the religious church says, I want to be like Jesus. They don't even know what they're talking about. They think that Jesus was barefoot with a lamb on his arm and he was speaking Elizabethan English. For hitherto have I not said unto thee, yea, verily, verily, I say unto thee. Come on. That's, that's not even how he was. He was totally unpredictable. And you could never, ever, you never really knew what he was going to do next. Even when his best friend Lazarus died, he didn't show up for four days. So much so that Martha said, if you'd come early, our brother hadn't have died. But whether he was dead an hour or four days, it doesn't matter. Stink or no stink, dead is dead. When he cursed that fig tree, the reason he cursed the fig tree, because it had leaves and it had no fruit. Because every time a fig tree has leaves, it needs to have fruit. So when he saw the leaves, he looked for the fruit and couldn't see the fruit. So he cursed it and said, no man eat fruit of you from this day on. 
which I think is very indicative of the North American church. It's, it's like a fig tree with a lot of leaves, but very little fruit. Not that, and I'm not talking about numbers because numbers come and numbers go. I'm talking about the impact upon society and to see a transformation in our society. That's why we believe in God for another great spiritual awakening to take place. Amen. Well, speaking of an incredible event taking place, talk about what's going on right here until it started, of course, Sunday. So not too late to get out there. Hey, get in your car and get out to Tampa. It's going on till Sunday the 28th. Go check out his church for yourself. I'm telling you, the Holy Ghost moves. I've had very good friends attend your church, and it is the real deal. The anointing is there, the power and the fire of the Holy Ghost, not to be confused with a strange fire, Rodney, but talk about that and talk about upcoming stuff you've got on the hopper. All right, so the 20th through the 27th is, what is, our, is our biannual ministers conference. We have one in May and we have one in October, which you might want to come to that one in October. Yes. And anyway, so it's an eight-day meeting, two meetings a day, and it's a, what I call saturation. So people come in. I don't have many speakers because it's not that kind of event. It's a meeting where God will give me a theme, we run with it. Sometimes a speaker shows up, the Lord tells me, give them the mic, they get up for an hour, whatever. It's a whole flow, the whole flow to it. So people say, well, who's speaking at the conference? I said, well, last time I checked, it's just rightly my, myself and my wife. It's kind of a different time setting because normally you think of a conference eight days going to have like 35 speakers and all that kind of stuff no that's not what we do we actually just allow the holy spirit to do what he wants to do well the lord gave me a theme for this one's called tsunami which is really about a wave about a mighty wave which the bible speaks about in the book of isaiah 59 talks about a rushing stream that actually comes at the breath of, of God's nostril, which is what we believe in God for, a mighty Holy Spirit tsunami of his glory that's going to sweep the land, that's going to touch many people's lives, and it's going to affect everybody in every realm of society. So we start Sunday, and then the following Sunday night will be the graduation of the River Bible Institute class of 2018, and which is River Bible Institute, River School of Worship, River School of Government. We've got a, a school of church planting as well, and a Spanish school, which is linked to our Spanish church right on the property. So there's about 400 students going to graduate, and it's going to be an it's going to be an awesome time. Right after the conference, my wife and I fly to Mauritius. We have a Holy Spirit conference in Mauritius, and then we're going to take a, a little couple of time, a couple of days break. Uh, we get back, which we're getting ready to go back to Washington, D.C. for the first week of July, uh, which is Sunday night through the Friday night. We'll be in Washington, D.C. Constitution Hall, and then we have other meetings coming up in, in July in different cities and August as well. September, so uh, people can go to revival.com and find out what's going on there. Um, the big thing, of course, is this big book launch on Tuesday, which I've, uh, to be honest with you, I've never done anything like this. I don't even know. I can tell you the corruption in the book world. It's really a scam. Oh, yeah. It's a total scam. But, you know, we wanted to get the book out in all the bookstores, so we've done our best. Today it was ranked in the top 500 on Amazon, and it was ranked in the top 100 on Barnes & Noble. But it, it, it's been in the top, it's, it hit the top 1,000 as long as six weeks ago on Amazon, and it actually got down to number two in January on Barnes & Noble. So who knows what's going to happen? I'm just trying to get the information out. We actually have a study guide coming out with questions and a teacher's guide, so people can actually use, because it's like a historical, it's a document. It, it's it's very you know it's people can verify it and um, I know people are already talking to me about putting out some kind of a documentary along the lines of the 200 years so we might we might be talking along those lines you know as it happens. 
Well, and then plus the opportunity to maybe go to North Korea. We'll really be praying for you, praying for your church. I know I'm going to get out there in October. I hope if you're close, you get out there this week, folks. Boy, I drive a lot of miles to get under some of that anointing. Let me tell you something right now. I've got all the information linked, folks. The book is also linked below Pastor Rodney Howard Brown's church link is there as well. All the information on this tsunami event that's happening, like I said, till Sunday of this week is linked there to Rodney Would you take us out by praying for the audience? I think there's a lot of people listening out there. They could really use a touch from God. And just, you know, use the last couple of minutes, anything that you think is important to convey to the listeners tonight. All right. Let me just say to every listener, don't listen to the negativity and the lies of the naysayers and the gainsayers. If you're hungry for God, press in. The Bible says, if you hunger and thirst after righteousness, you will be filled. He said, if you draw nigh to me, I'll draw nigh to you. The Lord came and touched me in Africa because I got hungry for him. And if you're hungry, God will come and touch you. So just take your hand, place it on your heart, and I'm going to pray right now. Father, you know where each and every person is listening right now, in whatever state they find themselves. And Lord, you are no respecter of persons. If you can do for one, you can do for another. In Jesus, we know that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. And I ask you even now, by the power of your Holy Spirit, let the power of the Holy Ghost fall right now on every hungry, thirsty individual. Give them the very desires and dreams of their heart. And above all, mark them for eternity. Let them be branded for eternity with the firebrand that comes from heaven, the same fire that fell on the day of Pentecost. Let it come right into their homes, in their living rooms, in their car, wherever they might be listening to this broadcast right now, and anoint them and touch them. Pour the oil on their head and let the river of heaven just flow out of the innermost beings and let all negativity of their mind, let all negativity and everything that would hold them in their flesh, let it be removed. Let them keep their eye on you. Even as Peter had to keep their eye on Je- his eye on Jesus walking on the water, let them keep their eye on you. And Father, I thank you. Let every distraction of every lie of the enemy, every lie of hell, let it be removed from them even now. And I just thank you for the freedom of the Holy Spirit. And now we ask you, Holy Spirit, come to each individual personally, separately, teach them, lead them, guide them, show them, show them your way and show them your plan. The same way you did for me, as I even continually ask for your guidance, as they continually ask for your leading, lead them. And we thank you that on that day, we'll all stand together and we'll hear these words. Well done, thou good and faithful servant. And I pray a blessing upon Sheila, her ministry, everything she touches. I pray a blessing on all the listeners right now, and we bless them right now in the name that's above every name, the name of Jesus, our Lord, our Savior, our Deliverer, our Healer, our Provider, our Baptizer in the Holy Ghost, and our soon-coming King. We thank you for it. Amen. Amen. Well, thank you so much for the prayer. Thank you so much for taking the time out on this show today. Thank you so much for what you do, sir. God bless. Thank you for having me on. Folks, that was Rodney Howard Brown, his information on this week, Tsunami. You'll see the link there. You'll see the link for the book, The Killing of Uncle Sam. That's linked there in the description below. Do go to his website, check all the information out, as well as do be holding them up in prayer because he is very outspoken. He's one of the pastors that I really admire. He's not afraid to stand up to these devils 
And I'm going to leave you today with two amazing clips. I thought these were very powerful. I absolutely thought this was so powerful. This was when Rodney did the decree on Washington. He issued a restraining order. And I thought, what a bold man of God. Few pastors will do this. So with that, I'll leave you with these two short clips. Thanks for tuning into the program today. And remember to go check out this Friday. The new website is launching. We've been so busy with that. Thanks for being patient. www.sheila.media. You're going to love the new launch. That's happening this Friday. Thanks so much for tuning into the broadcast. We'll see you real soon. Good night and God bless.